help that, don't they? <laughs> and <laughs> so the bottom line is the spirit of fire. Man, I tell you, I, I really want to encourage you. I believe that one of the ways that God is raising up a standard against the enemy. The enemy does come in like a flood, but God, the enemy tries to come in, but like a flood, God raises up a standard. Amen? And he does that in numerous ways with his presence. Uh, but one of the ways he does it is causing us to enter in to see who we really are and how big our God is. And I tell you, so we're, when we're talking about the fire of his love today, I had a message already, we'll share it next week, it's very, very strong, in the context of receiving, that enabling the fire to flow through you in the context of dealing with things, and it's a very strong message, but I was going to share it uh, this Sunday, and God changed the message, and uh, how come he always changes it late at night on Saturday? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, doesn't God come at the most inconvenient time sometimes? You know what I'm saying? But the bottom line is that, uh, oh, my goodness. I didn't, uh, well, maybe I didn't bring this, but uh, we received a, a newsletter from one of our missionaries. We support Mary Kay Birch. She's a missionary to China. And, and she, in the newsletter, she was sharing just how, boy, just there is uh, challenges, you know, and challenge right, in, in China right now sharing the gospel. But she shared, you know what? God does come at very inconvenient times. You know, you're ready to sit down, the supper, you're ready, and someone knocks on your door and it's in great need. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Man, you say, finally, I get to rest a little bit, and someone calls and says, you know what, my car broke down, and they need you. And she said in that newsletter, but isn't that what Jesus is about? And I thought, yeah. <laughs> but it's a good thing, amen? Because you see, we're not inconvenienced. We see it as an opportunity to show love one to another, amen? And that's the difference between us and the world, Amen? Glory to God. All right, that's for free. Let's start out in this. Let's reiterate a few things. Then we're going to look at love in the context of his need. We've done it before. But I'll be real honest with you. What God has been dealing with me on, as never before, is seeing what we know in a greater degree. And that sounds simple. You know, we do know. But God wants us to know more. We know that, you know, we're to, to win souls, but God wants us to, to know the importance of it more and, and give us a passion as never before. So in everything we know, God wants to accentuate our knowingness to passion. How do you know that you really know that you know? One, it brings you in a declaration, we'll talk about that, where there's no doubt in what you know. And second, it will create a passion in you regarding what you do know. A passion for the lost. A passion to see unity in the body of Christ. A passion to enter into an intimacy with Jesus that really defies the imagination. So that's what one of the things that the spirit of fire is about. God is, God is fire. And we're going to look at that as well. But we, uh, one of our main proof texts is Hebrews 12, 29, where it says, our God is a consuming fire. God is fire. 
the makeup of God, what he consists of, is fire. Malachi 4.2, let's, let, let's look at that. We've been, or go over our, some of our main proof texts. In Malachi 4.2, God wants us to see just how big he is, just how strong he is, and how the false fire, the devil, cannot stand up to the true fire of God. Amen? Amen. It says, For behold, the day cometh that shall burn as an oven, and all the proud, yea, and all that do wickedly shall be stubble. And that day that cometh shall burn them up. There's a day that's coming. I tell you what, and I believe part of that is judgment. God is not mocked. But unto you that fear my name shall the Son, S-U-N, of righteousness. I, again, for years, decades, I thought this said S-O-N. It's the S-U-N of righteousness. Arise with healing in his wings, and you shall go out with great joy. You shall tread down the wicked, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet. And the day that I shall do this, says the Lord of hosts, you always say above. Oh, glory to God. It says, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming and great and dreadful day of the Lord. We're going to talk about that. But it talks about a spirit of fire. Glory to God. Psalm 84. Uh, God gives grace and glory. It talks about our God being a son, S-U-N, in shield. When we enter in to our relationship with God, we need to understand just how big he is. We need because it's so easy to minimize God and put him in the context of our life experiences rather in the context of his word. It's so easy to minimize God because the five senses of the natural, are the, the natural, the Bible, the natural men are, are five senses. We, God's calling his church to enter into a place where we see God as he is. He's a God who, I mean, we look at our physical sun, and that's where we derive our heat, our light, life, nutrients. You know, the, the sun, you know, hundreds of thousands of degrees hot, millions of degrees hot. God wants us to see that he is in us. He is not, you know, we read in 1 John 4, 4, greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. And that's true. But you see, what God wants us to enter into is saying that greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. Amen? Glory to God. It's one thing to say, hey, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world, but still think that the enemy's here and God's just a little bit above him is greater. No, God wants us to break that lie. God is infinitely greater than the devil. The devil's just a fallen angel that he created. And one angel now will put in the abyss for a thousand years and Satan will not be able to resist him. I know God's been eliciting things in me in the context of just the reality that, again, 
you know, a, a word, you know, where this wristband is called unfair advantage. We have an unfair advantage. <sighs> Glory to Jesus. But we need to meditate on that. We need to immerse ourselves in it because there are challenges. Man, we say, we say this, but then sickness tries to come against you or, or something tries to challenge you. Finances try to challenge you or, or this or that. And the enemy says, well, where is that God, the son of righteousness that burns me up? And we need to be able to say, he's inside of me and he's going to reign right now through the words of my mouth. Rather than saying, well, God will come through. No, it's more than that. Amen? So that, I tell you what, that's where we're at, okay? Glory to Jesus. All right. So love in the context of need. Let, let me share again one more example to accentuate the reality of entering into a greater degree of uh, excitement, proclamation, declaration. I've alluded to this book before, but it's very powerful. It's called 23 Minutes in Hell. So anybody ever read that? I tell you, it's a good read. God took a man who was a Christian, loved Jesus, and was about uh, 40 years old, like most Christians, he led a few people to the Lord. You know, he loved Jesus. He took away his cognizance of being saved. And he had him experience hell for 23 minutes to a degree. He said, the darkness you can't comprehend. The pain, the torturous agony of knowing that you rejected Jesus and for eternity you will have to... Suffer for your own sins because you rejected Jesus from taking your sins? He said, it, 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 it's scary. Now, this man believed in hell before that experience. But he led about, in his lifetime, about a dozen people to Jesus. The first year after that experience, he led over 12,000 people to Jesus. Why? Because what he knew was accentuated and magnified. Amen? Someone says, do I have to have an experience like that to enter into a revelation of hell like that? No. Because the Bible says in Psalm 119, 130, the entrance of his word gives light. So when you read about hell in the scriptures, God, through the spirit of fire, the fire of revelation, will cause you and I to know, to see through the scriptures, first and foremost, the reality of this. Wow. I don't know about you. I, I want to enter in to the fullness of Jesus. Amen? Glory to God. Hallelujah. So we're talking about the fire of his need. All right? So we're going to go over a few things that will help us. And it really will be a segue to next week and how the fire of God burns in us through his word, by Holy Spirit, it's real, amen, all right. We hear this all the time, but God wants, it's real. God wants you to know who you are. You know, before you're saved, there's questions you have to answer. You know, who am I? Why am I here? Why, you know, what's my destiny? If our eyes saw it fully, we would never again be the same. You are a literal child of the living God. You have been birthed 
a measure of God himself in Genesis 2-7 was imparted to you when Jesus breathed into Adam and he became a living being. Glory to God. <clears throat> wow. And we, and that, so that spirit, the image of God was breathed into you. Adam was birthed, and Adam and Eve, they were birthed by the living God through what was in him being imparted to them. Did they deserve it? No. It was, it was God Almighty bringing forth sons and daughters unto him. Amen? And we all rejected that born-again spirit, the reality of what connected us with God in exchange for soul life, the mind, the knowing of good and evil in our own eyes, which is so prevalent today. Who is God? So many people are saying, I'm God. You're, you know, they're God. I will determine what's evil, what's right. But Jesus died, amen? So our, born, so our spirit could be glory to God imparted to us again. That which died, hallelujah, could be resurrected, could be given again. So I tell people, Genesis 2-7 and John 20, 22 are two of the most revelatory scriptures in all the Bible. John 20, Genesis 2-7, God breathed, God Almighty breathed into mankind. And the first thing Jesus did after he rose from the dead, he came to the apostles. And it says he breathed into them, just like he did in Genesis 2-7. And the image was put back into them. The birth that caused them to be children of God was now realized again. And every time someone accepts Christ, Holy Spirit, the wind of the Spirit, the fire of the Spirit destroys the evil nature in a moment's time and puts into them the image of the living God. Glory to Jesus. Wow. So we need to know this. We have oneness with God. Why? Because we're born of him. Amen? His faith is in us. His covenant love as only a, a father could give is, in, is towards us. To me, the biggest thing is <clears throat> his heart <clears throat> is so enthralled with us as a father. You are everything to him. The Bible says he loves you as much as he loves Jesus. Jesus says, I love you as much as I love the Father. Spirit of God loves you as much as he loves Father and Son. It's amazing. The fire of revelation brings this reality to us. Wow. That's why the Bible says, don't be mere men, Psalm 82. Enter into who you are. Man, it's amazing. People all over the world are trying to be good enough to be, have favor with God. 
these works are like filthy rags. God literally causes us, to, he causes us to be his literal children, born of him. And there's such an intimacy in that relationship. Man, when a child is born to parents that is born to that mom, born to, you know, there's a oneness there that cannot be negated. Now, it can be negated if someone turns their back even on their own children, which is possible, but unlikely. It's there. We need to understand that. God has a need for us to understand. We don't have to seek favor. You have it because you're a child of God. We don't have to seek power because it's in us through the Holy Spirit because we're a child of God. We don't have to seek him desiring us, delighting in us, wanting to be with us. Man, the lie, I feel like I'm, you know, I'm cut off from God. I don't feel close to God. That's such a lie. We don't have, we can kill that lie. We don't have to enter into seeking anything because it's already given unto us because we're a child of God. We're a joint heir with Jesus. We have access to the heart of Father even as much as Jesus does. But the biggest thing is this. We mean as much to Father as Jesus does. Woo! Through the power of his blood. Through the power of the gospel. Woo! He, he has a need for us to know it. It breaks his heart. When we walk in a way of unsurety regarding who we really are. Now there's battles, you know, because every, every child you have, Satan has one thing in mind, to cut the reality of who you really are to God. Well, if, if, if you really are a child of God like this, then, you know, why are you struggling with this sin? Why, 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 is there, why is there sickness trying to come against you? Why, you know, having a hard time forgiving, this or that? Why don't you feel God? <clears throat> We've got to answer it. Yeah. Don't debate the devil. Answer the devil. <sighs> Glory to God. Mm. He has a need. God has a need for our obedience. We can grieve him by denying who we are. That's how you grieve God most. By denying who you are. Man. Mm. That's why what Peter did hurt Peter so bad in his heart and, and Jesus. Because Peter denied that he was a disciple of Jesus. Mm. But glory to God. Jesus had already taken care of that because he said, I prayed for you. It's going to be all right. Oh, glory to God. God has a need for us to enter in to the fruits of the Spirit. Amen in Galatians 5. They're so powerful. He has a need for us to enter into love. Man, you need to obviously love God. Love your family. Love the body of Christ. You know, Bible study, we've been going through the book of uh, Philippians. 
Man, the first two chapters, it talks about unity over and over and over and over and over again. Man, we're to love the, the body of Christ. People will know that he's alive by the way we love one another. Amen? We'll have a hard time with that person. Their personality's out here. You know what? You can never cover anybody. We don't relate to one another because we have a lack personality. We relate to one another because we have the same father. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen? Glory to God. All right. Loving the unsaved. Again, Galatians 5 is so Mm, it's so powerful. Self-control. Love, faith, joy, kindness, gentleness, self-control. Glory to God. Against which there is no law. Amen? Hallelujah, Jesus. Glory to God. God has such a desire for you and I to be blessed. He has such a desire for us to be, to be whole. Glory to God. We're just looking at two more, us to be whole and then for us to be fruitful. Jesus died, man, so we can walk in victory. He's given us right his faith, his love, his wisdom, the mind of Christ. Man, he let his spirit bore the sin of mankind. He purged the sin. Glory to God. Man. You know, in the scriptures in the book of Numbers, which is alluded to in the context of the new birth of John 3, when they were in great need, God told Moses, make a theater, which is the cross, and put a serpent on it. The serpent represented Jesus becoming sin. I, I, no one can know what, what. But he did that so you and I could be whole. Someone says, you know what? I just can't overcome this. Someone else says, you know what? You know, once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic. And I'm not putting down the 12 steps or things like that. They, they can help people. But I'm here to tell you something. Jesus Christ has broken the curse. The Bible says right now, in my born-again nature, I'm not an alcoholic. I may have been an alcoholic. I may have been an addict. I may have been this. I might have been that. But we enter into the reality through the fire of God, the revelation of who we are. We will not say things like that. Well, we'll say, you know what? I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I know of a guy. He was a, a deacon in his church. Everybody knew he was not a good guy. Alcoholic, drank a lot, not good to his wife or his kids. But he was deacon in good standing in his church. He got saved, really saved. He went around telling people that he who knew no sin became sin for me and I'm now the righteousness of God in Christ. They kicked him out of church in 30 days. For real. God's made provision for us 
to be conformed to his image. See, he has a need for it. Glory to God. Romans 8, 29, he's given us a destiny to be conformed to the image of his son through who he's made us to be through by birth being cultivated. Glory to God. He wants us whole in our soul, our emotions, our mind. The Bible says we have the mind of Christ. I tell you what, the enemy has comes against the mind so much. And I believe the reason he does is Genesis 3.16. The Bible says, there's the first prophecy in the Bible, that the enemy would bruise his heel. Cross, redemption. But he would bruise the head of the enemy, the serpent, the devil. Well, the devil tries to turn that around. Man, I'm going to share this prior. I was doing a church service near Philadelphia. And I just shared, the said, uh, Lord said, sure about, I'm the head, right? But you're in, you know, but having the mind of Christ and, 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 and you know, so you could behold me and enter into my mind. And he said, at the end, give an altar call. If Satan's come against your mind or someone you love, maybe it's Alzheimer, maybe it's dementia, maybe it's concussions, maybe it's, you know, uh, bipolar, uh, maybe it's, the, you know, whatever. If he's come against your mind, you know, come down and we're going to pray for you. And I said, and I prefaced it by saying, but only something if it's very significant. Not just if you have a regular headache. Now, migraine has come down. I couldn't believe it. Almost the whole church, there's about 200 people, about the whole church came down. And the stories were unbelievable. I was in a car wreck, and my mind's never been right since. You know, I got beat up. My mind's not been right. You know, I'm fighting dementia, Parkinson, Alzheimer's. Younger people fighting Parkinson's. I'm like, real? It's like, it's unreal. And I thought to myself, you know what? When I was younger, in all honesty, I remember one time getting in a fight and I really got beat up pretty good. Hitting the head a lot. But another time, when I was younger, I think I was in like sixth grade, but I, I, I was running around older kids, like with 10th and 11th grade. I was in seventh grade, I think. And we had borrowed a hood off of a car because we didn't have sleds. When I say borrowed, we took a hood off a car. And uh, it was the winter time, and there was a real steep alley, right, really close to my house. So we borrowed the hood off this car. And there's, uh, I think, five of us. Got, I was in the middle because I was youngest. They were trying to protect me, right? But the bottom line is there was a steel gate, you know, the, the, like with the spikes. You ever see that, you know? And uh, so they put me in the middle, but they all jumped out right before the, the steel. And, man, I crashed right into that head first. I remember they had to pick me up and carry me to my house. It was a bad deal. Satan will try to come against our head. And another time, honestly, I was in fight with, I used to get in a lot of fights. I tell people I never lost a fight that I didn't start, but in fight, Fortunately, I had a chip on my shoulder, and I started a lot. And I remember a kid 
We're in a fight. And he, these old Coke bottles, the real thick one, he busted over my head, honestly. It was like the enemy will try to come against your mind, your head, your physical head and your mind. We can't put up with that. We can't put up with that. Because Jesus has a need for us to be whole. Can you imagine when the Pharisees, this is prior to the redemptive work of Jesus, you know, just taking a brick and busting Jesus' head and him having difficulties his whole life? No. The Bible says that he will protect us. And if we have these conditions, he will deliver us. Glory to God. The mind that thinks of the past where we messed up. Condemnation. God does not condemn us. The mind that's having difficulty believing God. The mind of your spirit takes over your natural mind. Your natural mind is simply a vehicle for the mind of your spirit to manifest itself. That's all it is. The mind of your spirit was birthed. This physical mind was made from dirt. What are you going to choose? Dirt or the image of God? Mm. You tell this mind, you're nothing but a vehicle of the mind of Christ within me through the Holy Ghost through the new birth. Amen. Glory to God. Emotions. Man, devil attacks emotions. Somebody has too much emotion. Somebody doesn't have enough emotion. I'm talking, you know, physically or from trauma. God, the fire makes us whole. You're saying you're too simplistic. Well, we see the need of God. That which is impossible becomes simple. The fire of his need. Our bodies, our bodies, he was whipped to make us, he has a need for us to be whole. That's the whole key. All right. Boy, time goes so quick. Go with me to John 11. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. In John 11, we know that Lazarus died prematurely. Premature death is a curse. Now when somebody sometimes has gone through a lot, sometimes God can, they're older, can, like what Paul said, he said, give you a choice to be with him or not. And that's when you can't negate someone's will. But in John 11, it, the enemy came and was coming to kill, rob and destroy, did this to him. And Jesus comes Glory to God. And there's a few things here I want you to see. It says that in verse 32, when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet saying, I Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Martha said the same thing. Jesus said the same thing. It wasn't the will of God, obviously, because Jesus said if I'd been there, it wouldn't have happened. So when Jesus therefore saw her weeping and the Jews also weeping, which came with her, 
He groaned in his spirit and was troubled. I've shared this many times, but it, we're talking about accentuation. The word for groaned in the spirit is the Greek word of brima ma'ahi. It means to have something happen to you that you just have got to have be alleviated from it. Because it penetrates you so strong that you have to have release. Mm. Jesus. The Bible says in Hebrews 4, Jesus is touched with the feeling of our infirmities, our weaknesses. When you're weak, you're strong. When you're weak, he understands and he strengthens us. But see, the key is his need. And then the Bible says he wept. But then he declared that he would rise again and came and said, take away the stone. And in verse 40, Jesus said unto Martha, said I not unto you that if you would believe, you'd see the glory of God? Every parent that's a good parent has a desire to have their child, son or daughter, to be whole, to be blessed. The goodness that they've tasted from Jesus, they have a need for the son or daughter to taste of that goodness, don't to walk in it. Is it strong? Man, we'd die for our kids, wouldn't we? How much more Jesus? Wow. See, when we see his need, then we declare. When we see his need, glory to God. See, there's something about God. His passion, his desire. Last week we talked about the lust of God. <clears throat> Man, it's not preached so much because it can be misinterpreted. James 4, 5 says the Holy Spirit yearns with jealous lust to manifest the, the life of Jesus. Most of us, when we hear the word lust, we think of sexual lust and sin, or the lust for money, position, it's, you know, that's ungodly, if that position's not right. And that's true, of course. And that's why the Bible says in 2 Peter 1, 4, that he's delivered us from this lust. And in Romans 13, uh, 14. But the Bible says the lust after spiritual gifts. So we're talking about a godly lust. It's a zeal. It's a passion. It's a pronounced, profound need for something to happen. When we pray, we need to enter in. See, the Bible says you have to see it before you receive it. You have to believe it before you receive it, but the Bible says you have to see it. Elijah said that Elijah yeah, when a double portion of your spirit, Elijah said, if you see me when I go, 
We see through the word of God. We enter in through declaring what we see and what we know through the word of God. There's so much here I want to enter into. We'll see how much time we have. Someone says, how do I know? Let's just take healing, that I'll be healed. How do I know that I'm going to overcome? How do I know that God will meet my needs? How do I know that I'm going to be safe? How do I know? It's when we look at the word and we see the jealous lust of God. A profound need to meet our needs. That's when prayer becomes easy because faith is simply agreeing with God, agreeing with his word. And I shared this so many times I wasn't going to share it, now I'll share it again. So growing up, I grew up with a mother at spinal bifida, which she was dying from. And so my one daughter worked for the Spinal Bifida Association one summer. I talked to someone. He said, I don't know if anybody's ever been born of a mother with this you know, degree of spinal bifida. They, 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 this is back in the 50s. So they, wanted her, they did everything to try to get her to abort me, and she said no. Because your back is very tender, your vertebrae, so the pressure, it, it cracks your back, and it did, unfortunately. She had like 17 major back operations. But the spinal bifida, I mean, she lost, it, it was a bad deal. So for her to walk up steps, it was, it was painful and do a lot of stuff. So long story short, I was praying for our, our oldest daughter. This is years ago. And she had a fever. And after I prayed, it got higher. Did that ever happened to you? If you haven't, you haven't been far. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And man, it got to the point I said, you know what? You know, I used a thermometer. It was, it was like 2 in the morning. Kathy was asleep. And I said, I'm going to have to take her to the emergency room. It gets higher. I said, and I just said, as a younger Christian, I said, God, just help me. Sometimes that's the best prayer you can pray. And when I did, I had this vision. And I saw myself in an upstairs room, in my bedroom, where I grew up. I had a fever. I was sick. And... uh and I heard my mother's footsteps. And I knew it would be hard for her to climb the steps. But when I heard her footsteps, I envisioned chicken noodle soup, a damn cloth on my, cloth on my head. I knew I'd be okay. And God said to me, I, I had the dream and the vision ended, and I thought, I don't even know what that's about. And God said to me this, why did you know when you heard your mother's at the bottom of the stairs that you had provision. And I said, because she's my mother. I actually thought I was like, why would he ask that? He said, you knew, even though it would be painful for her to come up, that she would. Because she had a need to give you birth to her detriment. And she has a need for you to be whole. I said, wow. 
He said, when you believe me like this, you'll be confident in my provision. It changed me. And as God is my witness, the temperature went down by his grace and mercy. God has a passion. He has a passion for us to be whole. Now, I know this makes us vulnerable because the enemy says, ah, see, yeah, yeah, you have all these high expectations and I'm not going to let them be met. No! God gives us a hope of glory. Notice in John 11, 40, he said, if you believe me, you'll see the glory of God. What's the glory of God? It's what he consists of. His love. His, his need as a father to have what's in him be in us. The fire within him. I can't accentuate enough this reality of his passion. Of his passion. Of his need. It's the basis of our faith, guys. You can have the right scriptures. And you can quote them, and that's good. But if you don't quote them knowing that the reason they've been given to you and the reason they're going to come to pass isn't that because you quote them more than others. It's because those scriptures are his heart. And he gave them to us so he could fulfill them, not to frustrate us. The fire of his need, the fire of his need, his jealous lust. And that's why we enter into declaration. Declaration is when you do not, you don't have a doubt in the world that's not going to come to pass. Okay? So, This, this is strong, I know, but this is his heart. Deuteronomy 32.10 says you're the apple of his eye. That means you're favored. But again, the, and he said, I will not let you be touched as the apple of my eye. The apple is the Hebrew word ishon, I-S-H-O-N. It's the retina of your eye. You know, if you have a detached retina, a scratched retina, it can bring great pain. God says... When you hurt, I hurt. I have a need. I have a need. He has such a desire for us to be whole. Spirit, soul, and body. And it burns like fire within him. We talk about lust. In the natural, people are like, yeah, I'm on fire to have this happen. God is fire. The natural lust within man for under sin, whether it's sexual sin or money to, for their identity, it's a counterfeit fire of the enemy. It's counterfeit fire. It may rage in their members. They may kill for it. But it's nothing like the fire of the living God within him Glory to God that's put in you to believe him. It's nothing like it. Can't compare to it. The fire of God. The fire of his need. 
Jesus. Yahweh Sehabath. Yahweh Keno. He said jealous lust, James 4, 5. Jealousy is the word, Exodus 34, 14. God says, my name is Yahweh Kenna, Q-E-E-N-N-A. My name is jealous. And what makes up that word Kenna is zeal, jealousy, a need to love us, to love us. Remember when Jesus, he, he, went, he did this several times. You read it in John 2, Mark 11. I think he did it many times. He went into the temple. He said, you make my house, the house of prayer a den of thieves. Remember that? You see, and man, he went, people don't understand. He risked his life to do this. They had armed guards there. Man, they were making, it was like Black Friday. You know what I'm saying? They were making all their money on Passover. And, you know what I'm saying? Because, it, you know, you couldn't, you, went hundred, you know, you bought a sheep. You bought whatever. Man, that's what filled their treasury. And Jesus comes in as a scourge, overturns their tables. The money changer, he drives them out. And they're like, this guy crazy or what? No! See, it burned within him for decades. See what was done unto his house. And his house in many places is like that now. Because the gospel isn't preached. People are there to get people's money. People are there to, to, to espouse a theology of deception. There's not one way to heaven, this or that. But see, it burned within him for years, years. And it consumed him and then bang. Now's the time for fire. Now's the time for fire. And the disciples remembered the scripture, the Bible says. The zeal for his house, the lust for his house, the passion for his house has done what? It has consumed me. It has consumed him. It has eaten me up. He has a desire. You're his house now. You're his house now. You're his temple. For anything the devil would try to do to hurt your temple, spirit, soul, or body, to be driven out. How? By religion? No, by the heart of God. By the lust of Jesus Christ. Glory to God. I was uh, praying last night. And the Lord spoke to me something real simple. He said, my love and my power are one. I said, okay. And I heard his word, it combusts, it explodes, and it rains. So I didn't know what combusts means. So I just looked it up in the dictionary. I didn't Google it. Okay? I have a dictionary, regular dictionary. Okay? And I, I said, okay, what's it mean, you know, the combust? And, and, I, and I, I looked at his word. So I just looked up the words. And something that is combustible means that it's easily ignited. Whew. 
And something, combustion, is the process of fire. I thought, wow, because I didn't know what combustion was. And I thought, you know what? God's heart is easily ignited out of his passion for us. And fire comes from. And then I just looked up the words, you know, explosive. I looked up the word explosive. It says a substance like dynamite. And I looked up the word explosion. It says sudden outburst that bring increase. <sighs> mm. Oh, my goodness. Sudden outburst that bring increase and bring life. And I thought, wow. And then I heard these words. I heard these words last night. And I heard these words. Let me be ignited. Ignite me. What's that mean? I've shared this before. I remember I had this vision before. I had a long thing of dynamite. I'll be honest with you. Before I was saved, I was in crazy stuff. I had friends come back from Vietnam, and they, it was like dynamite. And we used to blow stuff up, be honest with you. It was not a good deal. But the dynamite's there, right? The dynamite's filled with power to destroy the enemy. But guess what? Dynamite does not work unless what? It has wick. Right? The wick has to be lighted for the dynamite to be ignited. Our job is not to be the dynamite. When the Spirit of God flows through you and, and blind eyes are open and a crippled walk and a deaf hear, never, ever, ever, ever think that that was you that did it. It may have been done through you. You're not, you're not the dynamite, believe me, and I'm not. What's our job? Through the words of our mouth to declare the awesomeness of our God. You know what that does? It lights that wick. It lights the wick. And the devil will try to put it out because it takes a while for that wick to go down and hit the dynamite, right? He'll try to put it out. Well, it's not coming to pass yet. You know, that's foolishness. Who do you think you are? But I'm, I'm here to tell you this. The reason that I'm excited more than ever before, I just see God's heart. There's a fire within God. It doesn't work when you try to get God to do something. It only works when you see that he ever lives to do it. And all he wants you to do is worship him because of it and declare the truth that he will. Glory to God. We get it backwards. I'm going to get God to do something. God's kinetic. You don't have to get him to do anything. You have to agree with him that he is. Fire. And he ever lives because he's your father. 
cause explosions through the Holy Ghost. Combustion. That's how we live. Guys, we live by fire. We live by the life of God. The fire. Not only of his awesomeness, of his virtue and glory, but the fire of his need for us to be conformed to his image. Guys, that's what we need to meditate on. That's what we need to see the gospel as. God has connected us to the dynamite, to the new birth, to the Holy Ghost. Yet greater is he that's in us. Infinitely greater. Does the devil have false fire? Yes, he does. He does. Condemnation. Every evil work. Degradation. Minimization. Unbelief. Fear. All the curses of harm. Sickness, the premature death, the just victimization. But our God is mighty, like we sang that song. You know, revival came in Wales. There's a man, a young man named Evan Roberts. He tried everything he could to bring revival. And they were all coal miners, and they were tough people, the guys especially. And they laughed at him. He'd go into town square, and they just, they ridiculed him, laughed at him. He shared, you know, the gospel. And one day in the vision, he just saw himself weeping in the town square. And he went down and started thinking about them going to hell. And he wept. And he wept uncontrollably for hours. And hundreds that came around him. What's going on? It wasn't something he was drummed up. You understand? It was the heart of God. And finally he got some words out and said, Hell, heaven and hell are before you. Why are you chasing darkness? Thousands came to Jesus. And how he preached the word. He wept according to the word. And of course he told them the plan of salvation. That's how the that's how it started. That's what affected Azusa Street in our country. Can you stand with me? God wants us to see the fire of his need, the fire of lust within him, the zeal within him. Let's just pray. Let's stand with me if you would, okay? Let's just believe God for this. If you're listening to this and you, you think God is religion, you've been hurt by the church, God is a father that created you. And through the fire of his love, he sent his son to die for you. And you're making excuses after excuses after excuses. And God says it's time for the excuses to be put to rest and to see it's time to make a decision for real. And if you're a Christian and you're struggling, 
It's time to see the heart of God to deliver you. But you looked everywhere else. Just say, God, help me. I received the fire of your love. And I repent from my selfishness, from my excuses. And I turn to you today in Jesus' name and receive you as Lord and Savior. If you've done that, there's a number on your screen to help you. For us today, can you just lift your hands if you would or those watching, listening, and just say this. Say, Lord Jesus, cause me through the fire of revelation to see your heart as never before that my faith is not based in me trying harder to receive but simply seeing the awesomeness of your need for me to be conformed to the image of your son spirit, soul, and body body be loosed to be healed mind be loosed emotions be loosed in the right way spirit man come alive in Jesus name oh God I have a hard time not crying weeping oh God I'm going to share just stay in the spirit with me okay let this come to you, please. And I want, and just I encourage you to meditate on this. When you're in the Word, meditate on the fire of His lust. That'll drive the religious crazy. But it will satisfy the heart of God. This is how we become whole. I had some words of knowledge. I heard the name Laura. I heard the name Boyd. I don't know if it's first, last name. I heard the name Lloyd, first or last name. I heard the name Dale. And I heard the name Hope. Not just God giving us hope, somebody whose name is Hope. If any of those words mean something to someone here, listening or watching, receive God to intervene on their behalf. Maybe it's you in Jesus' name. Oh, Holy Spirit.